The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week 13 edition of A Good Football Show. I am Patrick Darty, joined today by Denny Carter, where, where we will be taking a spin through the week's biggest headlines, including yet again the Seattle Seahawks' struggles, Taysom Hill season potentially in New Orleans, and the fallout from Christian McCaffrey's latest injury. We will then welcome in NBC Sports Edge contributor Lauren Carpenter, players that she likes for the stretch run of the fantasy season. But Denny, I don't know if you heard, you know, I know you don't really follow culture that closely. <laughs> you know, uh, David Bowie, who's been dead for five years now, me. God, oh, brutal. Um, but uh, the Zoomers are learning, you know, frankly, even probably some millennials are learning about this band called The Beatles. Yes. Via the Get Back documentary that is eight hours long. Um, I'm a Beatles fanatic. I have not seen it yet. I will be watching. But I was just wondering, like, please tell me. We don't have some like toxically bad take on the Beatles. That's all I really want to know. Like, no. there's been every take that ever could possibly be had has been uh, said on the Beatles, but yeah, I feel like maybe you have some uniquely bad take on the situation. No, I don't. And actually, I think that the the Beatles hate has gone too far. It's gone way too far. Like for a while there, maybe like ten or fifteen years ago, it became weirdly cool to be like, ah, the Beatles, whatever. They didn't do anything. If they wouldn't have done it, somebody else would have, whatever. Yeah. And, you know, that that's not that's not the case. I, I think that their, uh, you know, accomplishments artistically have been kind of swept under the rug uh, just because of their, because uh, they're, they're so mainstream. Like, they're the monoculture. You, you have to, yeah, you have to hate. Uh, some people ha- sometimes have to hate something that's so incredibly mainstream. Uh, so, so much so that they're unavoidable, even if you have never listened to their music, you know? Uh, so I, we've talked about the Beatles at, at length, but no, I, I don't have a uniquely uh, ter- terrible take. I would, I would rebut the one take, in, which is that, uh, is that they said, you know, um, the Beatles took from black artists uh, back in, you know, in the fifties and sixties. Every white artist took from black artists. Jimmy Page, you know, stole his whole identity, maybe. But yeah. uh, you know, the Beatles, yeah, come on. That's not excusing it, and it's not okay. And you know, we 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 should give credit where it's due, obviously, for for black artists who have been overlooked for generations. But 
that you know if you're gonna if you're gonna hit the Beatles for that, you got to hit everybody for that. Yeah, the Beatles tried to atone for that too. In some way, John Lennon released an entire cover album of like rock and roll standards. Uh, you know, they talked up Little Richard whenever they could. They tried to pay their due. No one could ever fully pay their dues, their debts to those. Yeah. But uh, yeah, they definitely that was the foundation of everything they did. And I will say with the Beatles, one take that has really bothered me is I don't remember if you, you remember a few years ago, there was this Danny Boyle movie that came out where like there's like some like some I've never seen the movie. There's some accident where like everyone forgets the Beatles music yes. except for one guy. And he becomes like a superstar performing the Beatles songs. Yes. And there, it was like a very trendy take like, oh, this is so dumb. Because, you know, like if the Beatles had never existed and came out today. Like no one would care. It was like oh, all about the moment and time, you know, basically saying like they wouldn't, you know, they were yeah. just a product of their moment. Like you said, well, or not, not, like, not like you said, but you know what I mean? And uh, like, I, I just don't know. I think the Beatles might be one thing that truly transcended that and the power of melody is so strong. You know, they were basically like the the Bach or like Beethoven of like the 20th century. It, it is. It might be selling them a little short, I feel like. <laughs> it is funny to, to watch. I've seen some of the documentary and I'm not going to spoil it or anything, but like you have Paul McCartney sitting there like coming up with, you know, legendary eternal hits uh, that will be around for hundreds and hundreds of years. Yes. But like, like one after the other, like, oh yeah, well, let's go with these lyrics. Let's go with this song. Let's go with this melody. And you're like, wait, hold on. You just like rattled that off like that. I thought I thought you had to toil forever in, in a, you know, in a dark room and, and sweat blood over a piece of paper to come up with this stuff. But no, they just jotted it down and did it. You yeah, let it be itself is basically a hymn. Um, mm-hmm. Hey, Jude, yeah, it might be. Yeah, people I'm sure hate a lot of people don't like Hey, Jude, but because it's so ubiquitous. But my three year old son absolutely loves it. And uh, did it real quick. you talk about the documentary. Don't spoil it for me. Uh, I mean, don't tell me how the Beatles end. Um, <laughs> I haven't really, I don't know yet. I've been waiting for episode three to find out how the Beatles end. Well, as, um, a, as a physical media truther, I know you're going to wait uh, for four years until it's on DVD. Well, I am. I'm a, I'm a Beatles collector, so I want the Blu-ray. I will be, I would be lying if I said that wasn't the case. I would also, and no offense to our corporate rival Disney, but I've been trying to hold off on subscribing to Disney plus. It's one of the yeah. last streaming services i do not have I, I definitely don't want my kids to learn of the existence of disney plus either i i gave in uh because my kids wanted disney plus and obviously peacock is better the 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 one that i've refused is apple was it called apple plus no it's, it's like apple tv plus apple, something like that anyway i, I re, i've refused because i've just hit my limit on streaming services but then every time i turn on a game or whatever they're like oh hey we have Tom Hanks the new in Tom a show. Hanks movie. Yeah. We have Will Ferrell in a show. We, you know, we like. I'm sorry. Who you're? Ha- you have like A-list celebrities in TV shows. This is happening now. Yeah, they're burning through cash over there. Um, I, I accepted a free trial of Apple, whatever it's called, to watch the Velvet Underground documentary oh, from Todd nice. Haynes. That's worth checking. I really try try to remember to remind me to unsubscribe though after six months. Oh, I, I will. I'll, I'll uh, send you a letter in the mail. Well, and P- yeah, that's how, you know, I do best is physical media and Peacock, by the way, MacGruber eight part series coming up, folks. That's a, a, a canonical film, MacGruber <laughs> and the follow up was so long overdue and just shouts uh, to Will Forte. We're all looking forward to it, Will. And MacGruber. Denny, it's time to get into the NFL news. All right. Christian McCaffrey's 2021 is done after only seven appearances 
you know, head into the offseason having played in just 10 games over the past two years. I guess we should save the Christian McCaffrey dynasty fallout for the offseason, but is the redraft fallout as simple as plugging and playing Chuba Hubbard or the Panthers get weird? You know, now they've got a running quarterback in Cam Newton. They were trying to get Amir Abdullah involved in week uh, 12, whatever week that was. Or is Chuba just back to being a plug and play RB2? No, I, I don't think it's that simple, <laughs> honestly. With the Panthers struggling with defensive injuries, uh, their offensive line is a, is a complete disaster, as we saw last week against the Dolphins. I, I, I don't know if they're ever going to see the sort of game script that would lead to, you know, 15, 18 carries for Chuba Hubbard. Also, like you mentioned, Amir Abdullah is a thing, you know, whether we like it or not. We probably don't like it, but he he led Carolina's backfield last week with 21 pass routes uh, oh. after CMC went down, of course. Uh, he drew four targets from Cam Newton and, and P.J. Walker. He caught two of those. So, uh, you know, uh, Chuba Hubbard is not going to be game script proof if Abdullah's uh, pass catching usage continues like this. So what you're saying is he's finally going to live up to the prophecy of the gif from whatever uh, preseason that was. Where uh, is it? I say Abdullah, by the way. I think it might be Abdullah, where he had like that 70-yard run in the preseason. I forgot. Um, The prophecy (laughs) of the gif is finally coming true is what you're saying. So you're saying Amir Abdullah, maybe he's he's an RB1, while Chuba Hubbard's an RB2 or 3? That's right. Yes, you're playing. No, of course not. But uh, I I, I think that (laughs) Abdullah has some some – Interest in you know intrigue in, in probably deeper leagues, uh, PPR formats, of course, as a guy who you know could without CMC, you know, hogging all those targets, could fall into a surprising number of targets going forward. Yeah, and, and you know, Chuba's probably already rostered still in a lot of leagues. So if you're down bad, as I, the Zoomers say, <laughs> uh, Amir is probably a pretty solid uh, flyer. To uh, by the way, that phrase went from nowhere to everywhere overnight. It's pretty great. For, I got to admit, it's a pretty great one, actually. I, I, I'm already incorporating down bad into my Twitter jokes. I mean, yeah, I saw I saw. And honestly, it's it's, you know, not becoming of you. I, 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 <laughs> I I'm rattled by it. Uh, and it went. I've never heard it. And then suddenly everybody refers to everything as down bad, including <laughs> me. For some reason, I would appreciate if people stop calling me. Down <laughs> Denny is always down bad. You know, it's just an era. Everyone's down bad in this era sure. right now. It's just a down bad era, so we, we shouldn't <laughs> fight it. Uh, but wait, we were talking before the show about of our understanding of sus, by the way. Sus. Um, I just can't believe, you know, the kids now are just sussing everything out, and I just can't even believe it. Exactly, yeah. I, I, well, I tried, I was telling you, I tried to u- properly use sus with my kids, my eight-year-old and my five-year-old. Uh, it didn't go well. It didn't go well. And I you, said, did, you had to pay for two more years of Disney Plus after doing that? <laughs> up front, you know, wow. so it's $700. That's old and school. I, I said, uh, I, I said, uh, hey, that's us. And my son said, that's not right, Dad. <laughs> you are canceled, Denny, uh, as always. Denny, Trevor Simeon finished what the trip to fans started on Thanksgiving and put the entire nation to sleep as the Saints got routed by the Buffalo Bills. It finally appears to be Taysom Hill season after a shocking amount of dithering from Coach Sean Payton. We don't actually know if it's Taysom Hill season, though. It's just based on reports, based on Saints beat writers reading the tea leaves. It does appear he's going to start Thursday evening against the Dallas Cowboys. Will Taysom be the same QB1 streamer we knew and loved last season, Denny, or is there just not enough talent in this offense? 
Yeah, I mean, it's a little dicier just because there, there's no Michael Thomas. Uh, Alvin Kamara may or may not be back. You know, that those that, that makes all the difference in, in uh, you know, for fantasy environment purposes. But the fact that Taysom Hill is always ready and willing to take off out of the pocket and uh, pick up yardage, uh, pick up rushing yardage, it, you know, does put him in the low-end QB1 conversation weekly, no matter who's playing in the in the Saints offense. Um, you know, my, my question is, were the Saints not playing Taysom because of that weird contract where he can make like $1 trillion if he, <laughs> if he plays quarterback? Yeah, Taysom Hill is responsible for a lot of the inflation that I'm told by a lot of people on Twitter is apparently it's very, very bad. bad. Yeah. Um, I, I, that, the weirdness with Taysom had begun before that contract, so I can't say it's only that. Everyone's claiming it's because he was hurt, and he was hurt, but he was also active. And I got in a debate with like a, a Saints follower on Twitter. I was like, why? I'm like, why aren't they playing Taysom Hill again? This is like super dumb. And uh, he was like, well, you can't. He wasn't. He, this was a game for a game where he was active. And like, well, he wasn't healthy enough. I'm like, do you have any idea how many quarterbacks are like limited in practice? And yeah. Like, they still install the game plan. Like, didn't really strike me as a convincing argument. And Sean Payton just like talking talk about. I mean, let's just be real. Sean Payton's down bad, man. He is. He's, he's like really he lost in the woods right now. Without our NBC colleague, Drew Brees. Hello, Drew. And he's just down bad. He doesn't know what to do. And so, Danny, we'll probably talk about this more on our preview show. But Taysom Hill, are you starting him over uh, to a of in week 13? The Dolphins are playing the New York Giants. Taysom Hill playing the Dallas Cowboys. Mm, that's, that is, that's a good one. That's a good one to throw out. I would, le- I would lean Taysom. We'll do two more. Would you start him over Russell Wilson, who we're going to talk about in a second, versus the San Francisco 49ers? Yeah, I would. Would you start him over Derek Carr against the football team of Washington? So I would normally say no, but here's the thing about that matchup, and we we can get into that in a minute as well when we talk about the uh, football team backfield. Washington is a fantasy killer with the way it's operating right now. We've seen that for three weeks in a row. So I – I would say I'm playing Taysom over Carr because of the way Washington is out to destroy any and all fantasy value for its opponents. I will say that the Seahawks played a part in that last night. I mean, the Seahawks, I think, had the ball for quite literally 18 minutes and 20 seconds, which but I frankly don't even know how that's possible. Washington has done that to three straight opponents, including the Bucks. Oh, my gosh. This is bad. This is bad. Uh, this is in the show. I don't really want to talk about any of this anymore. Uh, well, I guess we got to talk about Russell Wilson now, who is completing 55.6% of his passes to go along with two touchdowns and two interceptions in three games since returning from his finger injury. Looks completely lost in this offense right now. It has poor blocking. Although poor blocking, I say that he probably makes look worse than it is. Yeah. A non-existent running game. Is it fair to say Russell Wilson Denny has tumbled out of the QB1 ranks and is a shaky streamer for Week 13 against the surging 49ers? You, you can't possibly – you know, play him as a, as a QB one. I, I think we're talking more like super flex territory at this point. Um, you know, a, another thing is that he only has nine rushing attempts since returning from that injury. So nine and three games. He's down bad, man. It, yeah. This is the, de- I mean, the Seahawks organization is the they definition are. of down bad right now. They, it's, it's really awful. So we talked about time of possession uh, for, for Washington, just absolutely crushing people in that category. The Seahawks are the complete opposite uh, over the past three weeks. Uh, they have a 33% time of possession rate 
Okay. How is that even possible? They, th- they've possessed the football on offense for 33% of the time over three weeks. That's the lowest in the league by a huge margin. Uh, so the, the defense, it's not, you know, the Seattle defense is not the worst, but it's definitely not good. And so they can't stop teams from, from long drives and they can't sustain drives with no running game, uh, with an uncreative offense, with a predictable offense, not getting the ball to DK Metcalf for reasons that no one, including probably Shane Waldron can understand. So, so yeah, it's, um, it's fantasy environment wise. It is miserable for everybody in the Seattle offense. Well, the good news for the Seahawks is that they're playing the San Francisco 49ers this week. You know, don't ever run the ball or chew up clock. Um, so, yeah. I mean, Russell Wilson may not take a snap in this game. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, yeah, the, the game ends. So the 49ers have finally completed their 84 <laughs> play, 99 yep. yard field goal drive to win this game, three to nothing, Daryl Johnston. Um, that, that's, uh, that's the Kyle Shanahan dream. It is, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm Joe Davis for Fox Sports. That's all the time we have today. It's it's uh, two twelve p.m. Eastern here <laughs> yes, on Sunday, yes. and this game is over. Mm-hmm. And except for I guess this is a late game since it's two West Coast teams, so I just ruined the joke. But yeah, Russell Wilson, hard. I mean, not a QB one, not even a consideration this week. QB one and pretty shaky streamers for because even his his yards per attempt has been back above eight the past two games, but the attempts, I mean. 25 is probably his ceiling for attempts this week. And it's just a really, really bad situation. Yeah. I, are, are you going to rank him inside the top 20? I do right now. And my initial ranks, I have him probably too high. I have him way too high. I have him like QB 15 right now, but yeah, I haven't nice. been able to do like the deep dive yet. That was just like this morning, kind of like just like the initial run through. I, I think it's one of those ones where I dig in deeper to it. I'm like, oh yeah, he should be behind Taysom Hill. He should be behind Tua Tagovailoa. He should be behind T- Taylor Heineke, maybe. Even though the football team runs 62 times a game now, um, maybe down in the Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, Tyrod Taylor part of the board, Teddy Bridgewater. That might be where I start gambling. You know, maybe the Seahawks will have a big day. That's or I might start sad. gambling pretty on sad. some Russell Wilson <laughs> upside. You talked about the football team. Antonio Gibson has come out of the football teams by gobbling up 81 touches in three games. That includes a career high 36 in Monday evening's win over the Seahawks. Denny, the efficiency still has not been there for Gibson, but with the football team, my favorite phrase in the English language, football team, football team, football team, football team going run heavy has Antonio Gibson forced his way into the RB one mix. Yes. Uh, on sheer volume alone. He, this guy has 81 touches over three games since the football team returned from its bye. 81 touches, he, you know, including seven targets, uh, seven receptions on seven targets last night against the Seahawks, which is, I mean, pretty incredible usage. Is what it's what we were hoping for, you know, four months ago. Um, so you know, Washington is, like I said, is crushing people with uh, this keep away offensive strategy where. Um, they're going to bleed the clock with the run. Um, Heineke is taking what's given to him rather than forcing the ball down the field to McLaurin, which is, you know, hard, tough, tough times for McLaurin drafters. I understand that. But uh, the way that, yes, yeah, again, uh, you know, Washington, uh, Washington opponents are continually, are going to continue to struggle to possess the ball, to produce fantasy numbers against Washington, as long as Washington is a, allowed to play this way, as long as game script doesn't go haywire in their opponent's direction, then you know, then they, they're going to continue to do this. So that means that Antonio Gibson 
is, you know, easily 20 plus touches per game, especially with JD McKissick's uh, injury that he suffered last night. We, we're not sure if he'll miss any time, but if he does, that's it, a, it's a big boost for Gibson. Yeah. Get, McKissick's injury didn't seem that serious, but it is a short week. Uh, it could make it more difficult to get cleared. And really, yeah, Washington has become a data point and like a theory I've been dabbling in on Twitter uh, since Sunday night. I've been you know, really working hard on this theory, mm-hmm. but uh, it, de- it definitely seems like we have reached the apex of teams with defensive builds to stop the pass. As yeah. we've seen, you know, all we're going to talk about this in a minute, all of our, our favorite quarterbacks struggling this year, you know, Patrick Mahomes is it like one multi touchdown start in his past five games. We've seen Josh Allen, with huge periods of struggling. We've even Tom Brady has had some down weeks and it seems like we are at like the Zenith of teams built to stop the pass and teams maybe finally becoming like a little too over-reliant on the pass. And we've seen like many teams on the fly this year, go run heavy. Like the Philadelphia Eagles just went run heavy on the fly. Uh, the 49ers were very balanced. Uh, you're probably leaning towards run heavy, but they've gone even like run heavier on the fly the Jets dabbled with this in week 13 and week 12. And, you know, Washington now has been dabbling with this for like three or four weeks. And it just seems like this is becoming like the trend of the season for the second half of the year is we're going to see like this rushing attempt start to pile up in a lot of places where they were not. And I think Washington's like a pretty good bet for that to remain the case rest of season. And Antonio Gibson, we'd like to see him have an efficient day at some point, but he definitely seems like he's kind of pushed his way into that top 12. Yeah. Another guy doing that is Elijah Mitchell for the 49ers. He has bookended his week 11 absence with this finger issue with 27 carry performances. He had 32 touches against the Vikings in week 12. Same question as for Antonio Gibson. Is this volume, Denny, making Elijah Mitchell an RB1 headed into the fantasy playoffs? Yes, yes, for sure. And, uh, you know, last week he, he went against a Minnesota front four that was missing I believe all of it's four starters. Uh, so that may be a little bit deceiving as far as, as the final result with the, the Niners just running roughshod. But like you said, the 49ers are among these, you know, rejuvenated, super run heavy teams uh, that will, will commit and ha- have committed uh, to the run. And that means that Mitchell's floor is as high as, as anyone outside of like the elite running backs, um, you know, and he, and he gets goal line work and he gets a little bit, a little bit of passing game work. I mean, it's uh, it's a solid situation for Elijah Mitchell. Yeah. It seems like 27 carries is probably like his floor against the Seahawks. Who, yeah. As we yeah. talked about uh, not really possessing the ball and uh, the 49ers do 14 play drives against like good defenses and the Seahawks, well, you said not the worst defense or definitely not a good defense. So yeah. Elijah Mitchell, I think, has crashed probably the top 10 party, not just the RB1 party. Sure. I, I worry a little bit about the 49ers offense in general without Debo Samuel, who could miss this week with a groin, a groin injury, could miss, uh, hopefully not, but could miss multiple weeks depending on you know how the how the team treats him uh, uh, heading into the postseason or, or for a postseason run. So I'm 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 afraid of the Niners' offense sort of caving in on itself without Debo, which who is obviously the centerpiece of the whole thing. Uh, saying that, without Debo getting his four, five, six carries, that's probably more work for Mitchell. Yeah, it's just funny because we talked about that all summer. This this Niners rushing attack will just collapse if Debo Samuel ever gets hurt <laughs> for a game or two. Yeah, and just, you, you like to see when stuff you mm-hmm. actually predict. 
happens. Uh, we're getting close to wel- welcoming Lauren Carpenter to the program, but Denny, one last question. So yeah, we the theme of the show are new RB ones struggling passing offenses. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I don't know if you've heard, but the quarterbacks they don't score fantasy points anymore. No, none of them do. Um, just no fantasy points. We do have Patrick Mahomes and Kyler Murray coming off by an injury this week. Both are struggling heading into their off dates, though. Uh, just right now, the simple question. I didn't know when I was doing the rankings this morning, honestly, like who is like the consensus number one quarterback right now? So like not matchup based necessarily, but who have you were just like not considering matchups, who would you consider the QB one right now? It can't be Mahomes. No. Um, can't be Allen. No. So, uh, I mean, I, I'm maybe, I, I think I have to say it's Kyla Murray it, it, coming back from, from that injury because, he gives you the 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 rushing, and uh, also the Cardinals defense. Uh, the Cardinals offense has not been, you know, completely ruined by the cover two shell defense, which which you uh, you see that has happened to KC. You see it's happened to Buffalo. It's also happened to the Bucks, by the way, which is a which is an underreported situation. There, the media is not talking about the this. media, but we will we will on this underground. Show, uh, and and we will say that the the Tom Brady's yards per attempt and adjusted yards per attempt is down significant, bad, down bad. And you're saying uh, since since teams started to say, nope, you're not you're not doing that to us, and having two safeties way off the line, and his fantasy production has you know tanked of late, including last week when the Bucks scored 38 points and he did nothing. So it's it's frustrating, I know. Uh, but, you know, getting back to my point, I think it's Kyler Murray. Yeah, I mean, Tom Brady being evil, you know, he gets too high safety, but instead of his team collapsing, he's like, whatever, just let Leonard Fournette score. Exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. like he doesn't care. It doesn't matter at all to him. Uh, he's just going to win his 45th Super Bowl this year. Yeah. I, I think really the only – I think the, the conversation is probably Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott, and Lamar Jackson. But, I mean, even Dak has been having a few issues. Lamar has been having some issues. I don't know if you heard – uh, a couple, two, three interceptions, maybe four on Sunday night. And Kyler does make the most sense. He was kind of struggling even before his injury. Like he had tailed off a little bit. The rushing had not really ramped up for him. And now I wonder how much he'll really be able to duel his threat uh, coming off a high ankle sprain. <laughs> yeah. But he seems like a pretty good bet because he can just beat you so many different ways um, where it's not going to be like, oh, there's two high safeties. Like offense is just over for our team now. Right. This is a real shame. And uh, yeah, that doesn't seem like that's going to happen to Kyler Murray. No, uh, we will be right back with Lauren Carpenter. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack store. Save up to sixty percent on new arrivals from Vince, Rag and Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to sixty percent off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. 
One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. We're headed down the backstretch of the NFL season, and the NBC Sports Predictor app, powered by PointsBet, has you covered a Sunday night seven. We're giving you a shot to win $1 million every Sunday night throughout the rest of the regular season. It is free and easy to play. So predict what will happen between the Broncos and Chiefs this Sunday for a chance to win. Download today from your app store or visit NBCSports.com slash predictor. Get an edge in your fantasy league with player rankings, projections, tiers, and alerts for players on your team or who you are eyeing up on the waiver wire by signing up for NBC Sports Edge Plus. And do it at a discount. Use the promo code GOOD10 and get 10% off your annual subscription. That is GOOD10 for 10% off NBC Sports Edge Plus. We would now like to welcome in NBC Sports Edge contributor Lauren Carpenter. She live blogs for us every Sunday, posts the Daily Dose every Thursday night and Friday morning. You can find her all over the fancy football interwebs, including at Stepmom Lauren on Twitter. Today we're going to talk players that she likes for the stretch run in fantasy leagues. Lauren, I will finally stop talking and asking ask you uh, how you're doing. I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on the show, gentlemen. It's been a while. Uh, I have to say, Patrick, I love your very flamboyant Christmas tree in the back there. <laughs> That's uh, actually not a Christmas tree. Uh, it looks like a Christmas tree. It is a real tree, by the way. I've been accused of it being fake. I just realized in the shot now, it looks so much like a Christmas tree. That that is super sus. That is not a real tree. I'm sorry. (laughs) That is not, that's fake. I can't even. No, 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 you lie. Lies, lies, I say. Yeah, and, and I, I didn't see succulent you. that like doesn't need the much succulents. water. Um, of the succulent, succulent family, and I see you have still not graduated to the wireless earpods yet. No, when, no. When are I've we going to make this happen? I've been canceled by my my kids. Oh no, that's um, that's a shame. That a is question. a shame. I know, Denny. And last we spoke, your hair was slightly different <laughs> when we were on a pod together, and someone superimposed my face onto your head. <laughs> so I looked like a phenomenal, yeah. like fall time soccer mom wearing red hat. And I was like, I was ready to cheer on Christopher uh, playing forward and getting ready to score. Cause that's exactly driving my minivan, like full of kids. I was ready. I looked like a great soccer mom. Hopefully we'll do that again. And you can wear this, you can wear this get up here. And then I'd be, we'll I'd, I'd be say. honored. I'd be honored. Yeah, I want to, I want to apologize for my reply guys on Twitter. Sometimes they, uh, they will. I thought it was hilarious. My face. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> Although if, if my face right now on yours, I would look like a Karen. I'm not, sure <laughs> I would, cause it has that short, I'd, I'd yeah. be the brunette Karen. Is there like a name for that? The brunette Karen? Uh, we, we should, we should it's called the Denny. One. The Denny? <laughs> yeah. right. Anyway, I'll stop talking this time. Thank you so much for having me on Pat and Denny. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, Denny's, <laughs> he's down bad now, Denny. Uh, we yeah, we were exploring uh, the, the explosion of the phrase down bad, Lauren, before you down joined. Down bad. Now we're just trying to use it every segment because basically everyone in the NFL is down bad right now. That that's that's true. I mean, this is the upside down that we're living in right now. And you were saying before, what happened to quarterbacks? Like, what, where are you? I mean, I, I, I don't even know. It's very difficult when you're in this industry trying to help people set their lineups. And you're like, yeah, the obvious answer is Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen. You know, like what, we're reduced to relying on Taylor Heineke every other week when Justin <laughs> Herbert's like, man, I'm not going to do well today. It's like, OK, come on. Let's have a little bit of consistency. But instead, 
we're going to the deep wells of players in this in this year. And it's it's frustrating. When we have to like mention Deonta Foreman and Adrian Peterson in one sentence in 2021, you know this is the upside down. Well, it's well, weird. I, I have nothing wrong with mentioning Deontay Foreman as someone who's brought <laughs> I him. love I love 2017. We might might get to him in a minute, but Zoomers, you know, they don't even know what quarterbacks are anymore. Like when I, when young football (laughs) fans come up to me, they're like, is Boston Scott the face in the NFL? And I'm like, yeah. Well, Nick Sirianni thinks he is for crying out loud. (laughs) He's always has been. He's been the most important player in the NFL. He was, he was watered and fertilized and grown in his greenhouse to, you know, like speaking of green, I match this background for anyone watching on, on the YouTube. Here, I match this background exceptionally well. I planned this. I got the memo. <laughs> you did. Ed. Oh, snap. So we're talking about, yeah, the explo- re- re-emergence of the running game, the down bad of the passing game. Uh, Lauren, part of that has been the 49ers turning Debo Samuel into a running back, essentially. But Debo, he's battling a groin injury. He's probably out for week 13 against Seattle. Brandon Ayuk has been coming on, even with Debo in the lineup the past few weeks. Is Brandon Ayuk? I'm asking this as a question where I already know Brandon Ayuk is a player you like for the stretch run. But yes, is Brandon Ayuk a player you like for the stretch run of this NFL season? I do. I do. I like Brandon Ayuk a lot. And uh, one thing that Kyle Shanahan, we have this phrase um, in the fantasy industry, right? When we're talking about Kyle Shanahan, and we always talk about getting Kyle Shanahaniganed. But in this case, and kind of the same thing with Elijah Mitchell, he has been spot on. He did not want to have anything to do with Brandon Ayuk until he put on his big boy pants and stepped up to the plate and started producing. And he kept true to that promise that he had made, or maybe threat, if that's what you want to call what he was doing to poor Brandon Ayuk. I don't know. But once Brandon Ayuk really started to uh, get his feet underneath him in the 2021 season, he has done well. And frankly, I am shocked that Debo Samuel has lasted this long with the amount of use he's been getting, both, like you said, in the run game as well as in the passing game. In fact, he's been more of the like the leading rusher on the 49ers, speaking of getting Kyle Shanahan again there. But yeah, Brandon Ayuk is someone I really like, especially now with the absence of Debo Samuel. And I think it's been tough for Brandon Ayuk because he really exploded last season when we did not have Debo Samuel and we did not have George Kittle, but now we have both of them on there. So where was he able to carve out any room for himself? He's done it anyway. And now with the absence of Debo Samuel moving forward, even when Debo Samuel comes back, Brandon Ayuk is very creative. And I think that they can use him creatively, not as well as they use Devo Samuel as creatively in that offense, but I think he'll be able to step up. Uh, Jimmy Grappolo has been playing pretty well too. So obviously there's, there's that half of the equation who's going to be throwing him the football, right? So I'm excited about what Brandon Ayuk can bring to the table, especially in these last few uh, weeks. And I really, really, really like his schedule for the playoffs. Denier, are you a Brandon Ayuk fan? Uh, I am now. Uh, yeah damn my job but uh uh juan jennings is supposed to be the wide receiver two if debo is out that was was he a tight end was it just me or is that another that's juan johnson from the juan johnson who's now a tight end one for the new orleans saints exactly right well either that or Taysom hill will throw himself the ball in the new york i'm sorry (laughs) denny i didn't mean to interrupt you there it's okay no and, (laughs) and uh the and and actually the uh niners have a pretty good uh, schedule uh, secondary wise uh, coming up. They play Atlanta in week 15, Tennessee in week 16, Houston in week 17 and the Rams in week 18. So that, that sets up nicely for, you know, for, you know, whoever's catching the ball for the Niners. Uh, and, and so, yeah, I think, I think we're going to see like, like we did last year, Ayuk, especially if D, you know, if Debo's out for a couple weeks, we're going to see Ayuk emerge as a, uh, 
wide receiver two. Yeah, I mean, the really good news is that he was doing yep. it even before Debo got hurt. And yes, six targets and at least six targets in four of his past five games, at least 85 yards and three of his past four games. He has a 20 yard catch actually in five straight games. So he's making big plays on his limited opportunities. So it is turning kind of limited volume. He's punching above uh, his weight in terms of like his his usage and his production. So just making a lot of big plays, basically. And an offense that's set up well for that. You know, they're hitting people in the mouth with the run and setting yeah, up some big passing plays. And he just seems like th- definitely this is going to be sustainable for Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, and that's a, that's a really good word you use there, too. Because if you look at minus, what week was it? Uh, week 10, when they played against the Rams, actually. So luckily, that's week 18. So for all of us who are smart and don't play in week 18 in fantasy football, you're good. But in that game against the Rams was the only outlier here. But in the last four games, minus that one, he has had double-digit yards per target, which is pretty impressive. It's 11-13, and then 12-14, then 15.17. Um, but also his uh, yards per reception uh last week it was 30.33 like you want to talk about big play there you go (laughs) but he also does have the opportunity to get it done now shorter passes intermediate routes that he can run to alleviate some of the pressure that's going to be on Jimmy Garoppolo with exploitable secondaries that he's going to be seeing just like Denny was saying throughout the next weeks and into our fantasy playoffs Oh, yeah. I don't recognize the existence of week 18 just in general, by the way. What's week 18? I, I, I don't know what this I'm is. I'm ending my season in week 16 still like we used to do. <laughs> in the days, and I just don't so you're, yeah, I know. That's just actually I got into this argument with somebody and they're like, no, we're leaving ours at 14, 15 and 16. I'm like, so the first round of your playoffs is that you're going to have teams on a bye. Yeah, you don't even I know that. So I literally had to go back and change it. I was like, there you go. See, come on now. Um, rookies, rookies around this place. Lauren, who who is the second player or maybe players that you like for down the stretch of the NFL season? Denny, you will like this one here. I have a duo, and this is going to be the uh, fill-ins, if you will, for the Tennessee Titans, uh, mm. which I love. I went to Nashville actually recently for my uh, a really early birthday present. So I got to see <laughs> one of Derrick Henry's last games. I think I cursed him, and uh, he got hurt, and now he's out. But we had this weird carousel that went that, that went on in uh, Tennessee here. Adrian Peterson's out. Um, Deonta Foreman. Now, this is going to be needs-dependent based on what your roster and what your league um, kind of demands from you moving down the stretch. I like both Dontrell Hilliard and I like Deonta Foreman. I think the safer floor is going to be Deonta Foreman with less opportunity for explosive plays compared to uh, Dontrell Hilliard. Now, Hilliard was that preseason name that we all heard all the time, and then he just disappeared in the regular season, except for some splash plays he made on special teams. That is really coming in to help him this season. In the last two weeks, he's had over 40 return yards. So if you're in a league that does score those return yards, that's automatic points for you right there. And he saw 10 targets two weeks ago, which should help out Ryan Tannehill um, if the poor guy can stay upright and not on his tuchus, which is where he's been. Or throwing interceptions. You know, like just there's easier passes to make. Ryan Tannehill, story for another time. But I do like both of those opportunities. Um, they're in Tennessee, but if you need the higher risk but more explosive play, you can go ahead and roll with Dontrell Hilliard. I like him. They're relying on him very much. If you need a safer floor, you need that warm body that's going to give you points because you are missing because of buys or because of, God forbid, injuries. Christian McCaffrey, why do you do this to me every year? I think Deontay Foreman's going to be a little bit of the safer play. I like both of those guys down the stretch. 
Lauren, I got to commend you, by the way. You're mixing in some of the new slang, some of the Zoomer slang. And then we like went back to like the Rodney Dangerfield era with Tukas. <laughs> I, I know. So I try because I kind of am old school myself, but I do have um, my stepchildren who are a little bit older now. So I'm trying to learn new lingo. Like I just I'm still behind, though, because I just learned what receipts meant. So I'm trying to incorporate that into my vernacular and I'm not doing a very good job. I have receipts on every one of Denny's failed Randy Bullock predictions. The amount of tweets I've screenshotted, Denny. Yeah, you have th- literally thousands. Uh, Denny, thousands of them. Do, do you prefer, yeah, Denny, who do you, do you prefer, Dontra Hillier to Deontay Foreman, or just what was your spiel in general on the Titans? Back? So I, I, I thought before just looking into their uh, route running and, and pass game work last week against the Patriots, I thought that Hilliard would have had a, a significant edge there, but he did not. He had mm-hmm. he ran 15 routes. He saw two targets. Uh, Foreman saw one target on nine routes. You know, so it seems like they're pretty much splitting that passing game role. Um, so because of that, I would probably lean Foreman. You know, but you, Lauren is right. I mean, you know, the, the Hilliard Hilliard is an explosive player. Um, seems to be more able to rip off the the big run. I'm just not sure how how you can you know, like base your, your, your pick, your selection on that, your play on that. Uh, it's so hard. Yeah. It's, it's very, it's, it's not sticky at all. It's no. very, you know, it's very gut play, which is some kind that's kind of fun in fantasy football, yeah, right? Sure. Because as much as we love the numbers, this is educated guessing. So <clears throat> I would like to go with the splash play sometimes, but literally I can make an argument for both of them, which is why they are both considered one of those guys there. So I hear you, Denny loud yeah, and clear. We need mm-hmm. to normalize the return of gut in fantasy football. We've gone to, we've gone too far. No. I'm gonna make I'm gonna make a shirt that says hashtag go with your gut because I'm so sick of people being like, You told me to put in so and so and I lost. I'm like, uh, did I set your lineup for you? No, <laughs> you are the one who has the opportunity to set your own lineup. I have just I, given you I advice prefer, if I I prefer just ahead. saying the process if someone <laughs> yeah. complains. If I had a crystal no. ball and I knew it was going to happen in week 13, I'd own Belize. Okay. Don't, yeah, right. Don't, <laughs> don't blame me. Blame the process. Yes. But blame the process. It's the process. Like fault. Lauren, what is the process behind your third player or players that you like for the stretch run? Okay. We well, mentioned him and I feel like I can't quit this player and I don't want to. It's Taysom Hill. We Maybe mentioned him earlier. Oh my God, I love him so much. I especially loved him last year when he caused all the controversy because he was listed in ESPN as both the quarterback and the tight end. That was so much fun because I had him. And yes, I played him in the flex spot and I started Matthew Stafford. I still lost. It didn't matter, but I did it because I could. So it was super fun. Plus, he's a really, really fun player to watch. Not so great through the air, but he did get better, which is very good. There's also opportunity here for him to finally get the Saints moving in the right direction. I think they've needed this. They have not played Taysom Hill likely because he's been injured, but they gave him that weird extension where it's like, if you become quarterback, if you do well, then you'll get a lot of money. And even Taysom Hill is like, I don't know what that means. I really don't know what that means. <laughs> Nobody knew what it meant, but now we do. So I'm excited to see what he can do. His his strength is, you know, on the ground with his legs. He can get it done. You put him in the red zone. He's almost guaranteed to score. We like this in fantasy football. We especially like this for quarterbacks because what they cannot do through the air, they can make up that deficit with their legs. Cam Newton, take them, you know, take take a page out of that. 
I mean, it made sense in Sean Payton's mind, by the way, the extension. And uh, I, I, when they gave out the extension, by the way, I'm like, well, he's never playing quarterback again because they don't want to pay him $95 million. Exactly. Like, and then, of course, this being the Saints, he's now suddenly playing quarterback. Yeah. Like, okay, whatever. You do Did, you. Danny, do you have any stray Taysom Hill thoughts you didn't get out into the world earlier? Or? Uh, my stray thought would be that Taysom Hill did actually slim down uh, in the offseason significantly. I don't like to see that. And, uh, you know, it was because for he, his quarterback ability, right? right. Yeah. He, he, like, be, he literally trained to be have the physique of a quarterback. Right. Yeah. And he looks and he looks good. You know, good, good for Taysom Hill. He's looking looking solid. But uh, you know, maybe, maybe the, uh, you can't quantify it, but maybe he'd be a little less willing to take that monster hit on a uh a run to the goal line or something. But you know, let, let's not overthink it too much. I, I think he's a, a solid uh, a fantasy option based on the Konami code appeal alone. He did, might be a little less willing too, though. Unfortunately, based on the severe head injury he suffered, which yeah, maybe played yeah. into the why they were so slow to get him back in there. Maybe they just wanted to make sure he was all the way ready. But uh, we, we still again we have to emphasize he has not officially been announced as the starter. He we just it's been reported he's getting the first team reps, and we have to assume he's starting. It is Sean Payton, so he could just like totally screw it up before Thursday completely. night. Completely, but completely, it appears to be Taysom Hill against the Dallas Cowboys. And I had one final Taysom Hill thought, and I can't remember what it was, other than and Taysom Hill a tight end. <laughs> that was some really bleak 2020 development. That was like a very 2020 thing. I loved it. No, I question. <laughs> very, very, very bleak. Lauren, I believe we are we are already down to your final player. Who is it? I have two. Do I have time for two? Or do you do I have two. You have time for one? two. So actually, okay. we're down to your second uh, final yes. player. I will do my less on. spicy take because my final one is a little spicy, even spicier than Taysom Hill. I enjoy being muy caliente. Look at my nails. I like red. Now, this is Jalen Waddle. Now, this may seem a little low-hanging fruit here, but you have no idea how many questions I get every single week about starting Jalen Waddle or so-and-so. Put him in your lineup. Stop it. Just stop no. it. Put him in your lineup. He deserves to be there. Tua Vailoa is playing much better. The Dolphins have momentum. Don't, don't overthink it. But as Danny says, don't be cute. Let's go ahead and just play the guys who are going to do well, and let's all celebrate when he does his little penguin waddle in the end zone, which I thought was glorious. It was. And he needs to do more of it. And Jalen Waddle, I trust him because I trust what they're doing here. I like what B-Flow is able to do with that offense. Tua is finally stepping up. He's got that Deshaun Watson monkey off of his back. He doesn't have to worry about that whole situation anymore. He's the quarterback. He's getting comfortable in his position. And his go-to guy again, forever, will be Jalen Waddle. Trust him. <laughs> trust in Waddle. Let's go. I was going to say Penguins, but that hurts my soul because I'm a St. Louis Blues girl. So oh, no, I just, just go you to Waddle. You me that in the past. Yeah, Waddle, too. A, the, only, the only viable hockey team. Uh, Jalen Waddle, by the way, my favorite Jalen Waddle stat. The Fenway the, Penguins, you mean? Yeah, <laughs> the, my favorite <laughs> Jalen Waddle stat was uh, since Tua Tagovailoa came up IR in week six, uh, Jalen Waddle actually leads the NFL in receptions with 50. He's trailing only Cooper Cup in receiving yards in that time. And I'm ranking him as a wide receiver one this week, at least in my initial rankings. It felt like shocking to see that there. I'm like, am I, am I being cute? But it's that's how he's been producing for over a month now. Like they need him so badly. Will Fuller's still not coming back. No idea what's going on with Devontae Parker. And it's it seems like Jalen Waddle, Denny, has forced his way into the wide receiver one mix. Do you agree? Have a counter take. Where where is the Denny at on Jalen Waddle? 
No, I mean, where, where I am is wishing I had him on any of my redraft teams. That's where I am. I mean, Big good same. Lord. Yeah, do- dominant uh, target share of late. Um, he's getting decent red zone usage, red zone uh, uh, targets in that Dolphins offense, which you wouldn't really expect because he doesn't profile as like a, a big body red zone guy. But you know what? Uh, seems like teams don't really care about about that. So I think we, we might need to rethink or I might need to rethink how we uh, regard, you know, a, a red zone threat. Anyway, Waddle. Yeah, Waddle is just an unbelievably solid uh, floor and ceiling option every week. In this and and has been and has been for a little while, you know. Uh, it's 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 been like like you said, Pat. The, those stats uh, six weeks now yeah. since uh, Tua came back, and 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 Waddle has dominated. Uh, uh, the touchdowns haven't haven't really been there, but you know, in PPR formats, who cares? Who cares? He's just vacuuming up targets. Well, he has scored a touchdown in his last two games. The um, there was a rushing touchdown in Week 11 against the Jets. Yeah, so it was like one of those weird uh, little rushing touchdowns that he's had. But he has scored a touchdown in his last two outings. But before that, he had scored uh, two against Jacksonville earlier on in the season. So I think that's why a lot of people did have questions about him. But you have to have the opportunity in order to score touchdowns, and that's what he has is the opportunity, Mm -hmm. and he has very good rapport with Tua. Do Zoomers still say catch up, by the way, or did they ever say that? Because we, we need to we need to catch up on Jalen Waddle. Uh, is this a thing? Or I just make this up in my head. I don't know. I mean, I think we I need don't. to edit that out. Yeah, I don't even know. I don't even know how to know. answer that question. Let's cut this out. Yes. <laughs> Adam, just, yeah, just cut this out of the show. Oh, oh Lord. Oh, God. Or Tim, uh, whoever is that, please just cut it out. Cut, cut it his out. mic at this yeah, point. Yeah, cut my mic. <laughs> Lauren, yeah, I said it was your last play. I forgot that you made a stunning last-minute addition. You leave it to me to just mess everything up. This is what I do. A stunning last-minute addition. And uh, it feels like a player Denny might like. Uh, Who is the final name you are excited about heading down the stretch of this fantasy football season? Okay, since we are in this world of just loving on players circa, like, you know, 2001 – I am just loving Deshaun Jackson, okay? Deshaun Jackson is someone I think that you should be either picking up or possibly starting, depending on your matchup here. But he's someone I like down the stretch because of what the Raiders need desperately. And after the departure of Henry Ruggs, that whole hot mess of a situation, there was a big void that needed to be filled. And it's a void that is used by quarterback Derek Carr, who likes to look downfield to stretch plays. And I don't care how old he is, he's still the fastest person in the league He can get it done. And even on a small volume of snaps with his basically his first viable game there with the Raiders, he still had over 100 yards. I mean, and a touchdown. So this is very exciting for not only just the Raiders, but for fantasy managers who really need a home run play. Someone you can plug in your flex if you need someone. It is boomer bust. I know it's not as reliable as someone like Jalen Waddle, but this is a situation I think that will be used, especially within the upcoming weeks. In week 14, the Chiefs play the Raiders. Raiders and Chiefs is a very fun possible shootout matchup and then buses driving around stadiums and then, you know, all, you know, jabbering at one another. Who knows? That's always fun. Those extracurriculars. But either way, it is one of those matchups that could turn into something uh, just powerhouse downfield stretching. It helps the offense as a whole, too, not just to Sean Jackson, but for real football, it does help the Raiders significantly. And if he can do as well as he did last week, I think he's going to do very well down the stretch as well, being a dynamic difference maker and playmaker for the Raiders. 
He's already got Brian Edwards canceled. Uh, Brian Edwards yeah. is basically like out of the office. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> in favor of Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, so sorry if that were, that was something you celebrated, Brian Edwards. But Danny, I mean, do you, I just I just always assume you like you know kind of like off the board players. I mean, do you do you have any Deshaun Jackson? I mean, we know it'll be boomer bust, but yeah, I mean, I think that it's Lauren was getting to is that. Uh, you know, you're you're not going to get a a six catch, eighty five yard performance out of Deshaun Jackson. Uh, uh, you're either going to get uh, a zero catch, zero mm-hmm. yard performance, or you're going to get a two catch, one hundred yard performance out of Deshaun Jackson. And uh, he ran, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he, he, he ran. Uh, if only he could play the Cowboys every week, he would be the leading scorer in all of fantasy. Um, you know, uh, he he ran twenty four routes last week, which is a a big uptick over. His uh, prior week's usage, he's still behind Brian Edwards as far as route running goes, but you, you would kind of expect that. Edwards only saw one target in that scoring fest uh, on Thanksgiving, which is really bleak stuff for him. Um, I, I would say, I'm um, just just as far as Edward, Ed, Edwards goes, Zay Jones is, is preferable to oh, Brian yeah. Edwards for, for fantasy right. at this point. Cut his mic now, please. Um, <laughs> I'll never stop talking about Zay Jones, Pat. No, you I, actually I, won't. That is true. I don't, I don't care what they say. Uh, I, you know, I think the, the the main impact of Deshaun Jackson in this Vegas offense is probably for Derek Carr. You know, it's in yeah. it's in Derek Carr's favor. It gives him that downfield threat that that he was missing without Henry Ruggs in the lineup it also frees up some room for Darren Waller to operate underneath and oh, I guess Foster Moreau at this point Foster with Moreau. Waller mm-hmm. Waller injured because uh, uh, Waller had said last week he said I I can't get open I'm being double triple team because we have no one blowing the top off the secondary like we did when when Henry Ruggs was here Sean Jackson you know bringing that to this offense is, is a good thing for everybody involved yeah, and just uh, Deshaun Jackson's—he's like a useful player to have on your bench if it's like a deeper league because we know that he has the zero-point floor, but he's the, he's like the classic kind of guy where he can change a matchup on two or three targets. Like if you get that touchdown from him, so it might not pay off, but he—he's like a—he's a weapon on fantasy benches still because of how much damage he can do on mm-hmm. so little work. So he's he's a good guy to have around for the stretch run. And yeah, I would say he's proven that he's going to be a part of the Raiders offense at this point. Lauren, that's all the time we have uh, for today. Thank you so much for joining us. Do you have any, do you have anything to plug, anything to say other than, again, for us, you, you do the Sunday live blog every week. You do the Thursday night daily dose every week. Uh, anything else we need to know about? I'm at a lot of places, so I'll just make it really easy. You guys can find all of my work on my website. It is stepmomlauren.com. Just go straight to that. Don't Google it because that one's not me. I'm the fantasy football stepmom <laughs> Lauren. I work at a lot of different places like fantasy pros, fantasy footballers, uh, Bets Media, Mayo Media Net, football guys. And here, one of my favorite things that I love to do, I was just telling Pat before this that uh, I get to boss people around on Sunday while I'm doing the fantasy blog for y'all and say, <laughs> get me food, get me beverages, and it's a ton of fun. So so I really enjoy doing this. One of my favorite things to do every single week is uh, covering the Thursday night game because I think that's probably the best one. Just saying there's a lot of fun things that happen on Thursday night. Sometimes a lot of not so fun things. But yeah, that's what I'm here for. It's what I do. I love it. Come join me. Say hi. Follow me. Stepmom Lauren. Your Thursday night football alternates between soul destroying and life affirming. It does. Um, but either way, like either way, there's something that I can write about that I can really like make it because there's always some weird storyline that's coming out of Thursday. So even if it's not a barn burner, there's still something else that is happening from a Thursday night game, which is super fun. Yeah, it's the gift that's always this giving chaos, always which is all we, all we really, really, really want. Um, Lauren, thank you so much for joining us. Check her out again on Twitter. It's Stepmom Lauren. 
Uh, for Denny, for Lauren, I'm Patrick Darty. We'll be back with our first of two Week 13 preview show- shows on Wednesday. Thanks for joining us. We will catch you later.